It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Today, we're joined by a friend of the podcast, Mike at Bengals underscore San Santagata to talk to us about what the Chiefs have been doing maybe a little bit differently since week 17 when the Chiefs came to Cincinnati to play the Cincinnati Bengals. There are obviously going to be some differences this game. Just in terms of personnel, Orlando Brown very likely to play left tackle. He got hurt pregame last time the Chiefs played the Bengals. And in general, we might see some adjustments from Steve Spagnuolo's defense. That's what we're going to start is with the Bengals offense against the Chiefs defense. And after the shellacking the Bengals took in the trenches against the Titans, everybody's wondering, well, there's another really good disruptive defensive tackle that the Bengals have to deal with this week. Last week, it was Jeffrey Simmons. This week, it's Chris Jones. And perhaps a somewhat less complicated pass rush from the Chiefs. Mike, when you watch the Chiefs front four and Spagnuolo's defense in general, a couple things stand out to me, and I want you to expand on them. One, they blitz more than the Titans, who are a very light blitzing team. And two, the the complexity of the stunts is generally less. They're generally saying, you know, that everybody runs stunts. We talked about it with Joe yesterday, but I think they do less, significantly less than the Titans. What what would you say after watching a few games of the Chiefs? Not only less, but and this is nothing against the Chiefs players. It's just the Titans guys must practice that from day one because they might be the best in the league at running stunts, and they've got the personnel for it too. It's not just Simmons as a one-on-one pass rusher that's an issue, but the way that he can penetrate and really take out two, sometimes three guys when he's the penetrator on a stunt, and he's a good looper too, and the guy that's really good might be one of the best in the league at penetrating on stunts is Danico Autry, and he freed up a few sacks, and he can win one-on-one too. He got, a, he got one and a half sacks in that game himself, and he earned them. I know he got, I think, a full one against Jonah Williams, which is you know probably the toughest assignment for a defensive lineman against the Bengals offensive line. So it's not just the complexity, but also the Titans are just way better at doing that so you could say let's run a bunch of stunts if you're kansas city but if you're not as good as the titans are at them then i mean the Bengals' offensive line has issues doing this but they can pass stunts off they they're not terrible and especially on the left side they do a good job in my opinion of passing off stunts for the most part it's just that the titans were even better at bringing them and then on the other side the pressure yeah when spagnola brings guys from the defensive back, the second, third level, the linebackers brings all those guys. He's bringing them in the front four. When Mike Vrabel sent a defensive back of the nickel corner on a blitz, he's dropping the opposite side end and he's going to slant and make it all work out. But there's only rushing four. It might feel to the quarterback 
like, oh, I'm under heat right now. I have to go hot, but they're not hot. That's just a four man rush. So that's the main difference. Yeah. I, and that, uh, that's something that obviously, you know, Burrow's seen a decent amount, right? The, you know, the four, it, it seems like we've talked about it the past three or four weeks is, all right, well, they, they want to get pressure with four and, and, and try to drop the rest. And, you know, that obviously the worst case for the Bengals. Um, do you think Spagnola might, because when you were describing that, I'm like, I would still try some stunts just to see, just to see how this offensive line responds, some twists, but if the Bengals offensive line answers early, then maybe they go away from that and go to what they, they do. Do you think there, there's going to be a wrinkle or two? Because I would, I still would do it, even though I, I get it. You know, the Titans are, are great at it. I would still try it if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. And I think they will probably try it. And Melvin Ingram's pretty darn good on stunts out of all their mm. front guys. That's the guy that you'd probably look out for to be a real disruptive piece. He's not going to get the sack, but he'll set up Chris Jones or some other guy to get the sack off of him. So you try it. I just, from the Bengals perspective, I would think we really need to hammer this home because we gave up nine sacks, but it's probably not going to be like, you think of it like that was like your level 500 graduate course in handling stunts. And this is probably more like a level 200. Okay. It's not easy, but this if we if we know how to pass that off, which they didn't really, so <laughs> then you should be able to do this. But uh, I would be less concerned as a Bengals fan going into it about the stunts. But uh, yeah, they, I mean they they might have failed the 500 course, but right. failing the 500 course might prepare you well enough for the 200. So yeah, I follow you. Especially because they might hammer it home this week about like you, especially in the film, all that. Just like they better. You've got, yeah you got to punch that guy out you've got to take him and get ready for the looper and that's essentially all those two-man stunts are i don't think the chiefs will implement any of the weird three and four man games that the titans do sometimes because that just seems like a pain to install in the middle of a week unless you're maybe if you're bill belichick (laughs) you might be crazy enough to do it but i don't think the chiefs are i think it's something that you would do if you've done it if you have the ability to be as multiple as the Chiefs are, as the Patriots are, as the Bengals sometimes are, although I wouldn't even say that the Bengals really approach what the Titans do, especially on the front. I think they're they're quite multiple in coverage. And that's the other piece of this is we, we talked about it with Joe yesterday as well. So if you missed yesterday's show, I guess if you're listening for the first time this week, we talked with Joe Goodberry about this matchup a little bit yesterday as well. But Joe Burrow needs to process better this week than he did against the Titans. And the last time the Bengals played the Chiefs, I think Joe Burrow had a fantastic game. He was really good in the pocket. He was good at evading pressure when it came off the edge, and it mostly did come off the edge, although Chris Jones did make some noise. And it's still Chris Jones that scares you the most. I mean, Melvin Ingram is a fine player. He's still really good, but it's still Chris Jones that is the guy that you circle in the film room on the whiteboard when you're drawing things up what what's the big difference for joe burrow in this game uh from that regard as far as dealing with chris jones melvin ingram and just getting the processing back to what it was against the chiefs is this just that spagnola is going to do what he's going to do and we're going to get into maybe what he's going to do a little bit more when we talk about the coverages in the next segment but let's talk about at a high level i guess chris jones and how Joe Burrow can play better this week. Yeah. And the first thing I think of 
for Joe Burrow, it's not just the offensive line handling the stunts, but when you're the quarterback, the guy that used to be who you would think is contained is now inside rushing. And the guy that some 300 pounder is now your contained guy looping around the outside. So just for a feel of the pocket, sometimes you could see that guy crash in and think, okay, I can step out real quick. And then you're right into the pressure. Um, well, the Chiefs, and this isn't saying the Chiefs are bad or anything like that. They like to rush their guys. They're going to try to isolate Chris Jones against Hakeem Adeniji probably the entire game. Um, and maybe over Hopkins or other guys too. But I would think, and they did this a bit in the last game until Spain went down, they want to get Chris Jones one-on-one with uh, with Adeniji. And then they, they were fine putting him against Carmen too. And he had a heck of a game. But when your best pass rush was the – defensive tackle and you're not looping him around and crushing the pocket inside while he comes around from the outside. If it's just him, I think Burrow does a really good job of avoiding normal situations, normal pass rushing type of things. So he sees him coming inside down the middle. He's able to take the slight Brady step left, step up, and he's evaded the pressure and he's got a full half second more to make the throw, things like that. I I mean, that's, that's what Burrow was great at coming out of college. And it's, <laughs> I mentioned Brady because he's probably the best all time at doing that type of thing. And, and you and got to smile Jones, out at me, but by the way, because you mentioned Brady, go ahead, Jake. Chris Jones does play a lot on the left side. He played a lot on the left side of the defense, which is over the right guard. As, as you mentioned, Mike against the Bengals in week 17, it looks like 35 of his snaps came on the left side of the defense and just 20 on the on the right side so and and to your point mike those might have all come after quentin spain went out of the game a lot more to talk about i think in terms of how this chief's defense is going to treat jamar chase after he had more receiving yards than patrick mahomes had passing yards in these two teams played in week 17 the the chiefs went out and gave up another 200 yard receiver in the divisional round and was that because they did something special to stefan Diggs? we'll talk about that coming up next We're all looking for an edge these days, and well, thanks to OnlineGambling.com, you're going to get that edge, and we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is dedicated to giving bettors like you the edge, whether it's unique tips, tricks, any information that you could use to win, which again, We like getting some kind of edge, and we certainly like winning. And if you're betting right now, you need to get to OnlineGambling.com during the playoffs. It's Championship Sunday this Sunday. Yes, the Bengals still alive. Maybe you think they're going to handle business against Kansas City. Well, if you're going to wager on it, maybe check out OnlineGambling.com first to make sure you have all of the latest information. So make sure you visit right now, onlinegambling.com slash NFL for all the latest gambling news, tips, and odds to give you the edge throughout the postseason. Remember, onlinegambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sure do hope that the Bengals and Joe Burrow make the most of this year's playoffs. We've talked a lot about this house money idea, and the Bengals are knocking on the door of the Super Bowl. They just have to knock off the Chiefs to get there. And how have the Bengals won their games this year? Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, Evan McPherson, guys stepping up. Obviously, DJ Reader against the Titans had a massive game. Shadobe Awuzie has been great throughout the season. Mike Hilton's made big plays at times. But if you had to point to the biggest keys to a lot of the Bengals' victories this year, it comes down to we need to play on offense. Jamar Chase is the best athlete on the football field. And the Bills, a lot of their offense, and, and they have a talented group of receivers as well. Gabe Davis against the Chiefs goes for 200 yards, four touchdowns. Cole Beasley is a pretty good slot receiver, no matter Beasley. what you think of him. And uh, Stefan Diggs is a star of that unit. Sounds familiar, right? Pretty good slot receiver we got in Cincinnati in Tyler Boyd. And T. Higgins, really good, probably, I would say, better than Gabriel Davis. And Jamar Chase, right up there with Stephon Diggs. I think it's pretty easy to make that argument. So, Mike, when you watched what the Chiefs did to the Bills and Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis and uh, Cole Beasley, what what was it? Because Stephon Diggs didn't do anything. It all went through Gabriel Davis. It was kind of surprising knowing that going in and thinking, okay, so they probably bracketed him, did the old Patriots. We're going to bracket him, put, well, their best corner. They don't really have a great one, but (laughs) uh, put their best corner on the number two and make them beat us with three and four. Not really. Steve Spagnuolo kind of called the game like he normally does. The safety that was over Diggs knew he was over Diggs, it felt like. He would always be a little bit extra Normally you want a midpoint between one and two, stay in between them basically right on the midpoint between those two. And um, it felt like maybe it was more like 60-40 towards digs when you're that safety. But it almost felt like the Bills and uh, Dabble, and maybe this is why they really started to get into just back into their normal coverage and things like that. Um, They really felt like they thought they were going to do something crazy to digs. So when they run the dragon concept slant flat they put digs on the flat and gabe davis on the slant and the flat is fine it really it's just reading a guy and whether he's gonna go inside or outside but you usually want to hit the slant get a guy on the move over the middle of the field especially your great route runner like stefan Diggs. so kind of played with expectations a little bit there there were also plays that Diggs was wide open but gabe davis was also just wide open so josh allen just had a pick em situation and that's what you really hope the Bengals get this week <laughs> yeah just pick which receiver is wide open just throw it to them um yeah it wasn't anything crazy they played their cover two they they didn't really blitz much they tried to stay too high a lot of the times they played i think a little bit more two man than they usually do which is what it is. When you have the those physical corners and press and jam, there's benefits, but also when they're not that talented, there's drawbacks. And you saw a lot of the drawbacks in explosive plays this past Sunday in that game, um, especially when Honey Badger goes out and now you've got Dan Sorensen and I think Juan Thornhill back there. And neither one of those players is Tyron Matthew would be the issue there. Um, so yeah, if I'm the Bengals, they followed uh, Diggs with who they think is their best corner, Travius Ward, um, Javarius. I don't know, uh, <laughs> but uh, 
they followed him a bit with him. And then other than that, they kind of just did what they normally do. And so it pretty similar to what this, this Bengals offense saw from a coverage standpoint in week 17, would you say? Somewhat. I, I will say they didn't really try to blitz uh, Josh Allen that often. I think they wanted to rush four and play coverage and whatnot because, well, A, Josh Allen has a rocket launcher arm to throw a ball 60 yards on. And then the other side is that he's one of the better rushing quarterbacks in the league. So if you blitz at him, you got nobody deep, nobody watching him. And if he breaks contain, he's gone. So that's the only thing is I think they blitz less than normal. Uh, so the reason I ask, though, is because Burrow in second matchups, I love it. Uh, I got crushed on YouTube at some point on my YouTube channel because I, I said that like mentally, right? I, I take Burrow over Mahomes and Kansas City fans saw it and they, they haven't stopped, which is fine. I get it. I understand it, right? Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP, all that. You're going to say that. I still like Burrow pre-stat more. I think he's better at reading defenses and all of those things. And if that's a take, that's a take. But one of the reasons I think the Bengals have a puncher's chance or, or better on Sunday is because of that, because it's Burrow against this defense that does get torched by high-end quarterbacks, but it's for the second time. So I expect him to potentially be just as good as he was in week 17. And if he is, then they're going to have a shot, right? Even though they're on the road. So that, that's why I asked, you know, if because if they don't throw many wrinkles at Burrow, he's going to know it, know it, see it, and, and be fine, even if they don't blitz him. I would think the main thing is just, yeah, you're not going to see the zero looks. And I think Spagnolo, you'll see, I will say, you'll probably see at least two, three of them, probably in a high leverage situation for uh, one or two of those, just because it's in his DNA. It's how he grew up. He grew up in a, in a defensive system where in a high leverage situation, they're sending heat. And so he's going to think maybe not third and 27 again, <laughs> but maybe a third and six. He thinks, okay, they like quick game here or something. So we're gonna try to jam the jam the snot out of these receivers and get home before they can get off of the line. And if Burrow beats that, he beats that. Uh, the, if the corners can, uh, the, almost a little bit of an X factor is how loose are the officials with the whistle? Because yeah. these Chiefs corners are going to grab. They were grabbing that. They're grabbing digs the entire game. They're grabbing. Uh, Gabriel Davis, not that it helped. They're they're grabbing everybody, and that's that's just kind of how they play. So a little bit of an X factor that I don't know if anybody's going to talk about is, are the officials going to be a little bit loose with the whistle and let these corners get away with mugging the receivers, or are they going to be tight like they were in Cincinnati and call that, which is rightfully holding and illegal contact and DPI, are they going to call it when it's a little bit closer than uh, a guy – I think of the Saints Rams play where he just, you have to call it. Well, they didn't call it, but you have to call that. <laughs> I think that it's, it's fair to bring that up. The chiefs are a grabby secondary. Legarius need the, the chief slot corner has nine penalties this year. Chavarius Ward, who they think is their best outside corner, five penalties. Rashad Fenton, who I think is hurt now has four penalties and Deandre Baker. Well, he, he probably can't cover well enough to get hands on guys in the first place, quite frankly, but he, he is a penalty to his name as well. He, he's been not so good for them when he's been pressed into action, and he did have to play a little bit uh, last week against the Bills. On the season, Baker, who, I, I don't know, it'll probably be Mike Hughes, I guess, who is now a little bit infamous for getting his ankles broken by Gabriel Davis on that little <laughs> uh, corner post, but 
DeAndre Baker's given up 75% of passes into his coverage as catches for 13 yards a catch. So nothing to write home about there either. I let myself get convinced the last time the Bengals played the Chiefs that the Chiefs had a group of scrappy, unknown but fine corners and fine secondary players. And I, I don't know that I'm going to let myself be talked into that this time around. But to your point, Mike, you know, how much can Steve Spagnuolo change his stripes? How patient can he be to just send four and say, eh, just, just, just try to play cover three, cover two quarters, just try to play zone the whole game, try to keep your eyes in the backfield a little bit, keep the guy in front of you, try to bracket chase. It, it just doesn't seem like something that a, they really have the personnel for they're built for a Spagnolo defense. It wants to be aggressive and wants to get, the the blitzers going and you know b it's just it just seems like it's it's not something that he'll do for a whole game so unlike what the raiders do and what the the titans did i think there will be opportunities downfield in this game and it'll be up to the bengals to hit them coming up next let's talk a little bit about what the bengals can do on defense they held the chiefs to three points in the second half in week 17 some of that's because the chiefs barely touched the ball and I don't think it'll be so easy this time around. We'll talk Bengals D versus Chiefs offense coming up next. But first, you have to get get Upside, the incredible app that's going to save you money at the gas pump every time you fill up. And right now, when you download the Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play, all you have to do, you download it, you enter promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you're going to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up cash back. It's free money that you get just for downloading the app. It's a little bit of effort that goes a long way. Don't play, don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Download the GetUpside app, use promo code touchdown, and you're gonna get up to 25 cents off per gallon when you fill up cash back. You can get that money and take it, put it in your PayPal account, your bank account, get an Amazon gift card, send it to me, buy Jake something special. Maybe you want to get saying something for all of his film breakdowns. You could do all of that with all of this extra money with the Get Upside app. Again, use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 25 cents off per gallon every time you fill up Get Upside promo code TOUCHDOWN. That's for all of you fine folks driving out to Kansas City this weekend to catch the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. This episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast also brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar, especially if you get my favorite, the coconut brownie chunk with those little pieces of brownie in, like actual pieces of brownie in a protein bar. It sounds crazy, but it's delicious. And like all Built Bars, tends to be on the healthier side. Well, all of them are on the much healthier side. Most Built Bars are around 130 calories with just 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein compare that to a candy bar which we're arguing the built bars can taste better than candy bar has 240 calories 30 grams of sugar all those net carbs that you don't want to deal with so instead of the candy bar maybe get a built bar that's going to taste better and be better for you if the brownie thing isn't your favorite maybe check out the other flavors cookies and cream salted caramel mint brownie raspberry coconut almond without the brownies. Plenty of choices for you at built.com. Right now you can save 15%. Use promo code LOCK15. Again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order at built.com. 
Well, we've got a very explosive offense that the Bengals have to deal with. And we, we haven't even talked about the crowd noise. We'll talk about the crowd noise again probably in a couple of days. Arrowhead loves to talk about how they're the loudest place in football, but not really a factor when the Bengals defense is on the field and Patrick Mahomes is on the field. So some things that stood out to me when I was watching Patrick Mahomes against the Bills is he was so good at extending plays against the Bills. This is obviously a calling card for Patrick Mahomes throughout his career, but he was holding the ball longer. He was evading pressure better because the Bills got a ton of pressure. And you look at PFF, they're right around 40% in pressure rate. But despite that, Patrick Mahomes takes like two sacks, maybe. I think it was 10% of those pressures turned into sacks because he just slipped away from, from guys when he was nearly in the grasp and was also really good running the ball. Now you compare that to the Steelers game where they got less pressure, similar amount of sacks. Patrick Williams was much worse against pressure. That's the first thing for me is take a look at your pressure designs, how you're planning to contain Mahomes because it seems like if he can really extend plays, get outside of the pocket, when you got the, the speed they have a wide receiver, that gets more dangerous than anyone the Bengals have played since they last played the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. And um, I mean, the Bengals should have a somewhat feel for – how do you contain a guy that can extend plays and run because they play Lamar Jackson twice a year? So you face him, the guy and he's honestly, Lamar, Lamar's not probably as good at just kind of be doing the Brett Favre run around and throw a ball 60 yards type thing, but still contain on your rush and make sure you're not leaving your feet. And I mean, with Mahomes, he, he doesn't, he moves really, he moves well for a quarterback but it's for a quarterback. And I, I think if you're a defender, you see that. And I don't know, he's a little bit slippery. He's a little bit shifty, but he's got, he's got to hit him. You, you can't, <laughs> I feel like you can't play the game of trying to chop your feet and move with him because he's trying to do all that type of thing. Um, I don't know. You have to finish your pressures with sacks with Mahomes because and we saw this in the Bengals game when you don't finish those pressures in the sacks and you leave, let's say he's, ste- he's stepping up, he's making those Mahomes throws where he's looking and throwing sidearm and extending plays, throwing deep. It was insane on Sunday what he was doing, but mm-hmm. it, it makes you think, <laughs> well, hey, is that performance completely repeatable and uh, be? How do you stop him from just moving around, running around in the backfield a whole bunch? And I think they, I think they might take a little bit of the Lamar, not the cover zero thing that they do to Lamar, but take a little bit of the uh, must rush. Um, try to get there, but don't give him a way out while you're on your way there. Like don't, don't just rip around the edge. Although I do think that Trey Hendrickson has a bit of a speed advantage against Orlando Brown trying to go around the edge. So do it sometimes, but not all the time. <laughs> I don't know. It gets complex where uh, you're like, sometimes this pressure is just worth it. Just go get the pressure. Sometimes it's okay. You really need to contain him and make sure that he's not going to escape the pocket and just do Mahomes things. And because when you're in the coverage and they've got three different four, three athletes, probably all running somewhere at least 15 yards downfield and running away from the corner. Eventually that just, that just 
they end up separating. And that's nothing to do with the corners that are covering these guys. It's just that's Tyree Kill. And I don't care if Chidobe Wuzier runs a 4-3-3. Tyree Kill could probably run a 4-2-3, <laughs> maybe in pads. So um, it's just tough. You, you, you have to make sure that you're able to get to them before those speed demons are able to get downfield and away from your cornerbacks. They're, they're going to have Orlando Brown back. But the Bengals, and I, I forgot about this. It feels like it was forever ago. It was 23 days ago as we record this. It was just January 2nd. But Jermaine Pratt had COVID, missed this game. Logan Wilson was coming back. Uh, it was his first game back. And I know it wasn't his best game by any stretch. But having those two guys, does that – obviously it helps. It goes without saying you want both of them out there. Do you expect this anything different defensively from Lou? from that aspect because he will have Pratt out there and how much does Pratt help with a healthy Logan Wilson who isn't just coming back from a, you know, a, a potentially at the time season ending sh- a shoulder injury. I think it helps for sure. I think both of them are going to be better in coverage than the linebacker play they got in that game, even though it was still Wilson. He's, he's caught up. That was his first game back. Like you said, a little bit rusty. Um, now he's more fully integrated. He had a great game this past week. I think, the thing with tight ends, I think a lot of people think that's your tight – or uh, yeah, thing with tight ends, people think the linebacker is a tight end stopper, but for the Bengals, their tight end guy that if they ever go into man coverage is Trey Flowers. So they'll bring in him as uh, a cornerback to do that. So it's not like you need Wilson and Pratt to uh, man up on the tight end. It's, it's more so when you're in zone, um, it felt like, Kelsey was able to get behind the linebackers in front of the safety a few times. Um, although I think the thing that Anarumo is going to do in this game, if I'm going to guess, is he he didn't play very many snaps of a single high coverage, but he played it like three or four times, and it almost always led to an explosive play. The touchdown to Marcus Robinson was from yep. single high. The uh, big play down the left sideline, I think that was to McCole Hardman. That was from a single high look. And that was the one that I think we all complained about uh, about Von Bell dropping to the deep middle third and Mike Hilton man to man on uh, McCall Hardman, which is just that's that's a disaster if you can't get home within two and a half seconds. So I think he's going to try to play a lot of two high things, and whether that's quarters, quarter, quarter half, uh, cover two. I get scared of playing quarters against this team because that's the that's the zone coverage that eventually becomes man to me. Um, Cause you have four guys downfield. If you send say four vertical routes, at least 15, 20 yards downfield, they man those up. So now you're the underneath defenders don't matter. And you have four on four downfield with four, three athletes. So that scares me about playing that against the chiefs, but cover two, a little bit better, a little, a little bit uh, trying to just stay over the top and have some help underneath type of type of thing. So uh long ramble to say, I think Lou's going to play some cover two in this game more than normal. <laughs> Yeah, the single high stuff, it was rare, and it bit them. And when they blitzed, except for the one zero call in the red zone, which somehow worked, it, it, it didn't go well for Lou Anarumo. So I, I think that, you know, he's he's trying to pick his spots, right? And sometimes it's going to get you because Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and this Kansas City offense is really good. And they have a totally different group of running backs this week, too. Uh, and it seems like they'd like to get those guys a little bit more involved than Daryl Williams and and Mackenzie Mackenzie Gore. Is that is that his first name? Derek Gore. Sure. Derek Gore. Derek. Uh, then those guys, when when the Bengals played the Chiefs 
in week 17, although they did run really well because at some point in the game, Lou Anarumo is like, you can run. All right. We'll, we'll try to stop it with a, a six man box or a five man box. But if you run, you run and we'll live with that. The Bengals really did a great job of playing keep away from the Chiefs in the second half. You might remember that the Bengals had two interception opportunities that they didn't come away with against Patrick Mahomes, who's cleaned up the turnover worthy plays. He hasn't really made those mistakes in the playoffs that he made against the Bengals in week 17. But again, just like Tannehill, that, that's out there. That's part of Mahomes' game. Somebody mentioned Brett Favre. Mike, you mentioned Brett Favre earlier. It's part of Brett Favre's game. And so if they do get those opportunities, and I think Mahomes will give them one, maybe two, maybe not. Maybe he continues to play this flawless brand of football. But, you know, they got to be ready for that and ready to, to punish those mistakes as they happen. Going to be some differences. Still a really exciting game. Uh, the, the reason that I, I like this matchup better is because of Steve, Steve Spagnolo is, is like 90% of the reason I like this matchup better. I think that, you know, Chris Jones can still p- cause problems, but both offenses really dynamic and the, the Joe Burrow offense has a better chance against a very aggressive defensive coordinator. So we'll see how it all plays out. Mike, appreciate the additional insights into the film that you've watched on the Chiefs. And we'll be back tomorrow with Locked On Chiefs for our AFC Championship crossover episode. Until then, Bengals fans, day and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.